I'd like you to turn to Isaiah 61. Today we're carrying on. This is part three of our All Dressed Up series. Everybody say All Dressed Up. And somewhere to go. Yeah, we, we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. And it's good to know where we're going sometimes. I love Abraham. He went out not knowing where he was going. But I love the Word of God. It sort of gives us direction in our life. Tells us where we're going and often how we're going to get there. But we still need to live a life of faith. We still need to live a life of intimacy with God. Because it's all about our relationship with God. And really something that, that I'm getting you know, to grips with over this series is that, yes, these are clothes that we wear. We're talking about being all dressed up. All the clothes in the Bible, not all of them. We'd be here for a year going through all the different ones, clothed in strength, clothed in honor, all these different things. But we've already found out that, that the clothes we wear are really, really important. They give us identity or they display our identity. They give us confidence. They give us access sometimes into different situations. Really important that we dress up in order to get in the restaurant that we want to get into. Some of them say, no, you've got to wear a tie in here. Others are, you know, different. But it's important that we understand the clothes we wear in life give us access into all sorts of different situations and gives us authority. Helps us to display who we are on the inside. And then we found out last week, I think it was, that we, we have on a robe of righteousness. And I don't know about you, but I love my robe of righteousness. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. But he gave it to me anyway. It's his righteousness. He took my filthy rags and he robed me with robes of righteousness. And I can stand in his presence without any shame, without any guilt, without any regret. I can stand in his presence with my head held high and say, Abba, Father, thank you so much. Thank you, God, for all you've done in my life and you continue to do. Amen? Isn't that good news to know you're a child of God? Wow, wow, wow. But today we're going to go on and we're going to cover... The garment of praise. And I'm excited about this one because, I don't know, it's, it's always impacted my life. The fact that we're created to praise God. We're created to give glory to God. And um, our lives are to speak of His goodness and speak of His greatness. It's not just a praise time in a church, it's a life of praise. So these are garments that we need to know we're wearing and we need to make sure we've got on firmly and securely in our everyday life. I'd like us to turn to Isaiah 61. We're going to read a passage of Scripture there. <coughs> Excuse me, Isaiah 61 from verse 1 down to 7. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me, empowered me, equipped me to preach good news to the poor. He has... Uh, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim uh, freedom to the captives, the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's the year of uh, jubilee, the year of abundance, and the day of vengeance of our God. He sent me to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them a, a beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, there it is, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall uh, uh, raise up the former desolations 
They shall repair the ruined cities and the desolations of the generations. Strangers shall come and feed your flocks. The sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and the vine dresser. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. Come on, we sang earlier. You keep your promises, God. Amen. You shall eat the wealth of the Gentiles and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honour and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess double everlasting joy shall be theirs. I love that passage of Scripture. I love Isaiah. This is the greatest declaration really that you can find in the Bible because it's the one that the Lord Jesus proclaimed about himself just after he was baptised, empowered by God. The heavens opened, God said, this is my beloved son. He goes out into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by the devil, to overcome the devil, fasted and prayed, got hold of his new season in life, came back out, went straight to the, the, um, the uh, synagogue, on the Sabbath day, he stood up to read and he read this passage or half of it. He read this passage and he said, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. He said, it may be in the book, but I'm it. <laughs> I'm it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he was saying. This is a powerful declaration about himself and why he had come. He only read half of it, as we say, but in the context of the Old Testament, everybody would have known the whole context of this. It's the redemption of Israel, all sorts of things going on there. But Jesus said, I'm it. And right in the centre of this passage are these half a dozen scriptures about what God is going to do in the lives of his people. What God is going to do. And right in the middle of that, he says, I'm going to put on you a garment of praise. And today we're going to talk about that garment of praise. And I believe God's going to do something powerful in this place. This is a very experiential series. In the first session, we found out that we had to cast off and we threw off some old robes in this place and we put on a new robe in Jesus' name. Last week, we found out we are robed in the robe of righteousness. Well, today we are going to embrace the garments of praise. Can I hear an amen in this place today? I want to talk today about the garment of praise. And to begin with, I want to talk about the priority of praise. The priority of praise. Praise is an absolute priority in the life of the believer. Absolute priority. This is not something, we all have a choice but this is something, if Jesus is our Lord and our Saviour, we have got to understand that He deserves all the praise. He deserves all the praise, the highest praise. There's all sorts of things in the Bible. I'd love to do a whole series on praise and worship because it's so central to who we are. He deserves the praise. He's worthy of the praise. All creation shouts your praise. Praise Look good on the church, amen? amen? We're created to look good with praise and worship on our lives. And the priority of praise, praise is not second. 
It's not somewhere down on the list. Everything about our lives is to give glory to God and give praise to God. God wants to smell something off of our lives. And I know that can be applied to worship and I'm not getting into worship and praise today. And worship is is who we are. Praise is what we do. I understand all this sort of stuff. But today we haven't got time for that in 20 minutes. So come on, God wants to smell our lives and smell a wonderful aroma coming off of our lives. He doesn't want to smell unforgiveness and bitterness. He doesn't want to smell depression. He doesn't want to smell rejection. He wants to smell worship. He wants to smell prayer. He wants to smell praise and worship. The church is to smell good on a Sunday morning. It's the place where there's a fragrance in the air because our God is good. All the other gods are idols, but our God sits enthroned over all the earth and He deserves all the praise. He deserves the praise. From this passage, we can find out this. What does praise, what do the garments of praise do? Very quickly, number one, it is the work of the Holy Spirit. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to demonstrate praise, we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. No flesh will glory in His presence. But those who are anointed by the Spirit of God, something comes alive, we shine Something pours out of our heart. It's a river. It's a flood. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Here the passage says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It begins with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If we are going to be filled with Him, if we are going to walk with Him, if we are going to work with Him, then let's take note of what He wants to do, which is fill us with Himself, that we can be those who praise God in any and every situation. The second thing about the priority of praise is this that it empowers and transforms the life of the believer. This passage is all about the abundant life. It's all about the fact that God will work in our lives. The abundant life is healing in this passage. It is victorious living in this passage. It's an exchange of, of, of how people live in the flesh to how we live in the spirit, to use Bible terminology. It's about the spirit of God, but it's about the abundant life. Praise and worship will empower and transform the life of the believer. The third thing, what does the priority of praise do? It glorifies God. Of course, praise is praising God. There was a lot of praise going on yesterday in that World Cup rugby match. A lot of praise about how awesome people were and how great they did. Come on, if, if, and that's a good thing to do, to praise what people do. But the highest praise has got to go to our God in Jesus' name. It glorifies our God. The life of praise will Glorify God every step of the way. The fourth thing about the priority of praise is this, and I love this. It brings a turnaround for our cities. Our cities will be reformed. As the church rises up in praise, something happens in the community. A long time ago when we planted our first church every Saturday morning or a couple of times a month, or perhaps it was... Once a month, I can't remember now, it was like 30 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago we planted our first church nearly. And um, 
We used to go out on the high street and do high street praise. And we used to have an acoustic guitar and we used to sing radical songs. They were radical then. They're a bit twee now. But they were great then. And we'd be smack bang in the middle of Bromley High Street before it was pedestrianised. And we'd be singing it and we'd be going for it in Market Square and we'd be shouting Jesus and uh, perhaps I wouldn't do it the way we did it then. Perhaps I wouldn't do it today. Society's changed. Things have changed. But there was an understanding in my heart that said if the church is going to be alive, the name of Jesus needs to be lifted up because something changes in the spirit of our community. When God is praised on a Sunday morning, something is taking place in the realm of the Spirit. Darkness is being pushed back. The, the powers and the work of the enemy is being trampled underfoot and the church is arising and the church is shining. This is not just praise that goes on within the four walls. Something is happening in the realm of the Spirit when the church lifts up the name of Jesus. I could go to scriptures about all of this and the walls of Jericho falling down and, and other things. The enemy's confused and they defeat themselves when the name of God is lifted up. It will bring change to our community. In God's Word, the, the major understanding we have about salvation is one of exchange. We've already talked about this in this series already. We've got to take off some old robes and put on some new ones. That happens when we are born again. So today we have on the robes that God has given us. But we need to make sure we're wearing them. But there's an exchange in the Bible. The abundant life is one of exchange. Even the Lord Jesus said, if you lose your lower life, you'll live the higher life. Again, that's giving your life to Christ. We understand this. But there's an understanding of exchange. There's the, the, uh, the uh, filthy robes are exchanged for robes of righteousness. But in this passage, it starts going on. It says ashes are exchanged for beauty. It says we get the oil of joy as we exchange mourning. Not the morning, five o'clock in the morning. We're talking grieving. As we exchange that, we get the oil of joy upon our lives and never underestimate what the oil of joy can do. The oil of joy is the anointing which raised Jesus from the dead. That's one of the most powerful things we can ever understand. It was the oil of joy which raised Jesus from the dead. Instead of a spirit of heaviness, that's exchanged for a garment of praise. Perhaps we don't often have that expression today, the spirit of heaviness. We don't use that. But the world uses it every day. They use it stressed out. Come on, let's just put it in everyday language. Instead of being stressed out, instead of being depressed, and I thank God we're getting a greater understanding in our world today of mental illness, yeah. mental challenges. So the things I'm saying are not just glib and cliche and, ah, oh, just change. We understand this is, this, is, this is a challenge in our society, but it's no match 
for the garments of praise and it's no match for the oil of joy. And if we believe God is a God who can heal cancer and terminal illness, then absolutely we are a place that believes that just putting on your garment of praise can deal with mental illness. It can deal with depression. It can deal with a spirit of heaviness. And I know what I'm saying when I say that. Not just making a preaching point. This is real. It's the power of God in operation. It's always one or the other. You cannot be wearing both at the same time. Cannot be wearing both at the same time. It's that or that, very clearly. Instead of mourning, you will have the oil of joy. Instead of grieving, you'll have the oil of joy. Instead of a spirit of heaviness, you will be wearing the garments of praise. You can't wear both. So what does the garment of praise look like? What does it actually look like? If you were to say, what's this? this?" And then you say cloak. Let's pretend it's a cloak. It's a robe. But, but this, what does this look like? Well, it's a dark blue. And it's got some hatches on it. You can describe what I'm wearing. This shirt is, is dark and it's a bit flowery. I think those are flowers. My jeans and my shoes. You can describe what I'm wearing. Well, let's, let's describe the garment of praise. Let's describe it today. Let's understand what it looks like. What does it look like on a person? What does it look like on you and I? Not what does it look like on somebody else? What does it look like on me? Well, the Bible has got a lot to say about what praise looks like. And again, we have to understand that praise comes from an attitude of the heart, but praise is a demonstration. Did you get that? You cannot say, I'm rejoicing in my heart. You cannot say that. You can say, I'm rejoicing from my heart. Did you get that? Very different. You cannot say, I'm praising God in my heart. You say, I'm praising God from my heart. These things come from the heart, but they have an outworking in our lives. So what does the garment of praise look like? Now, this is going to be no surprise to a lot of people here in Citygate Church. But how many of you know it's one thing to know what it looks like, it's another thing to wear it? Hello? I'm going to push a little bit today, okay? I'm going to push a little bit. Because I think sometimes we need to, to pull down some strongholds. And those strongholds can be, well, I agree with the principle of it, but I'm not going to do it. Oh man, come on, stay with me now. Let's start with an easy one. What does the garment of praise look like on us? Number one, singing. Singing. That's what it looks like. It's made up of threads, you see. It's made up of threads. And one of the threads is, is singing. 
I got scriptures for all of this. Psalm 46, sorry, uh, Psalm 47, verse 6. Sing praises unto God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. Everybody say, sing praises. Look at someone say, sing loud. Okay. Sing praises. Something I can't get sometimes is in the middle of a praise time and people are going, There's a song being sung. Ah, oh, but I'm praising God in, in my heart. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not, all right? You're not. Sing praise. Everybody say sing. sing. The next one, number two. And oh man, don't get me started on this. Don't get me going. I've been listening to chat shows and somebody wanting to put a bill through and a whatever else, but I'm going to declare it out. Clapping. Clapping. I'll I'll tell you a little secret. When I get home on a Sunday, my hands are swollen and they are stiff. And I can't use them for a little bit because I have clapped so much and clapped so hard. You just can't stop me clapping. It's like, it just... Ah. Yeah, I don't know. I w- they were made for clapping. And I can clap loud. I was at a gig last night. Me and my son were up at the O2 Islington watching an old band. 45 years they've been going, loving every minute of it. It was great. We enjoyed ourselves. And you know what? I was doing this, and the lady in front of me was sort of moving away like this because my- I've got a loud clap. I want God to hear it. I know he's not deaf, but he might be listening to yours. And I want to be going, no, come on. Over here. Come on, God. Clap your hands. Isaiah 55. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you. And all the trees of the field, which is a type of the body of Christ, all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Number three, what does praise look like? Number three, I've, I've already said it, shouting. We've already done this. You mean, uh, uh, shouts of joy. Psalm 47 verse one. Clap your hands, all your peoples. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. <laughs> Yesterday, the South Africans, did you see them in Port Elizabeth? Did you see him over there in Cape Town going absolutely bananas? And there was, it was not quiet. They were shouting the victory. They were shouting that they'd just won the match. They were shouting that they'd been victorious. They were shouting something happened. You've got to let the shout out. Something happens on the inside. Jesus! Victory, the blood, the cross, the resurrection, redemption, healing. There is a shout. There is a shout in the camp. Shouting is not a personality issue. It's a victory statement. There's got to be a shout. And I'm firmly convinced some people live in defeat because they will not shout the victory. Something
something happens when you shout. Something gets stirred up on the inside that brings the victory. The Bible says, come on, on the seventh time, blow the trumpets and shout and the walls will come down. Man alive. Number four. Singing, clapping, shouting. Psalm 149 verse 3. Let them praise His name with dancing. Dancing. Looks like I'm in an old gang show, don't I? I can't do it. I don't care how you dance, but move something. Move something. Move something. Move. Just move. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what your tradition dancing is. Perhaps you've never, we'll get on to jumping in a minute. I just, but perhaps you've never danced before the Lord. But you know what? It is so important to dance. Your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Dancing is how we praise God. Come on, I've seen you clubbing. You put on your glad rags and get out your handbag and your seven inch and you put your handbag down and you do your dancing and you dance and you move your stuff and that's great and it comes to church and I know you're trying to pick someone up in the club. I get that. I get that. I understand you're shaking your stuff and da 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 da. We get all of that. But come on, in church, we're dancing before the Lord and we're praising God and we're giving Him the glory and He deserves to be praised with the dancing. It's an expression of joy. Number five, Psalm 9 verse 2. I will jump for joy and shout in triumph as I sing your song and make music for the Most High God. Jump for joy. So many examples in the Bible of why we should jump. We should jump when we're under pressure. We should jump when people are accusing us. We should jump when people have something against us. And we should jump to praise God. There are times, even in the most intimate worship, you may think I'm weird, I don't know, but... I don't care, God likes it. And there we are, and we're singing something, and it's a slow song, but I just, I just, oh God, I just want to jump, and I want to jump through the roof. There is something about leaping, jumping for joy. It's so important in our lives. Can you see, none of these are attitudes. They are all expressions. What's the next one? Number six. This is an easy one. Psalm 134 verses one and two. Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. (coughs) Excuse me. Lift your hands in prayer. Lift your hands in worship. Lift your hands in yielding. Lift your hands in receiving. Lift your hands in victory. There's a Hebrew word. If I was to get into all the words of rejoicing, uh, this, is, this is my territory, man. I love this stuff. There's a Hebrew word, yada, Y-A-D-A-H, yada. 
There's a man in the Bible who was a praise leader whose name was Juduthan. His name came from Yada. And that word Yada literally means this. Yeah. It's what it means. It means to throw out your hands and punch the victory. It's not a gentle, it's not this. It's not that. It's not, it's not, it's not what it is. It's that. It's this, yes. It's this God. It's, it's, it's a demonstration of praise. Remember, we are praising the God who deserves all the praise. He deserves more than that. He deserves more than that. He deserves more than that. He deserves this. He deserves, yes, God, we bless you. He deserves it. What are the results of praise? Let's have the band back up. The results of praise. Wow. Praise and worship is the most powerful, powerful thing that a church can be involved in. We kick in with praise and we pray. We kick in with praise and we repent. We kick in with praise and we see people come to Christ. We kick in with praise and healing breaks forth. We kick in with praise and the victory comes. Praise and worship is the entry point to so many things. It's the entry point. It's what makes things happen. Praise brings results. Now don't take away from the fact that we just praise God because He's God. We're not just praising Him to get something. We're not kids that come into our Father and say, Oh, Dad, you're awesome. Dad, you're awesome. Dad, you're awesome. Can I have a new toy? (laughs) Hello? That's not what we're doing. But how many of you know a praise intimacy with God and a relationship means that God's kingdom works in our lives. Praise is the breakthrough. The results of praise. God, number one, God receives the praises that He deserves. God receives the praises that He deserves. That is the main result. That He gets the glory. He gets the praise. He receives the worship. Can I hear an amen this morning? Number two, (laughs) I got a few of these. The results of praise, number two, the enemy is silenced. Now that is so, so, so important. The enemy is silenced. He's talking all the time. He's talking in here. He's talking around us. He's talking through the media. He's talking in society. He's talking through, through so many things. He talks, but you know where we need to get him silenced? And that's in here. The amount of problems that we have because we think in a certain way. And it's, all it's doing is just hearing the voice of the enemy instead of listening to the voice of Jesus. 
But as we praise God, as we praise Him with the clapping, as we praise Him with singing, as we praise Him with leaping, as we praise Him with dancing, as we praise Him with shouting, as we praise Him in all these different ways, you know what? The enemy's voice is silenced from our lives. We're not listening to him anymore. Dear God, our lives would be so much easier if we just stopped listening to the voice of the, of the enemy and the lies of the enemy. Can I hear an amen? Strongholds are pulled down. The abundant life of God can work through our lives as we think the thoughts of God and as we silence the enemy. Amen. Number three, the flesh is put under subjection. The enemy is silenced and the strongholds are pulled down. Number three, and this is so important, the flesh is put under subjection. The flesh is put under subjection. You see, your flesh, the Bible says, we either walk in the Spirit or we walk in the flesh. We either walk in the Spirit or we walk in the flesh. The battle we have is not a battle with the enemy as much as it's a battle with our own flesh. It's our battle with our feelings. It's a battle with our emotions. It's a battle with our will. It's, and this is areas where we need to submit and we need to take authority in our lives. And our flesh, guys, it needs to be put down. The flesh needs to be put down. It's already crucified, but, the, but just like we take off that old stuff and we cast it aside, we got to get hold of all that stuff which is in our, in our experience, in our mind, in our emotions, and we got to put it firmly under our feet. Put it firmly under our feet. Firmly under our feet. Your soul and your body, I know it's a bit of a, perhaps a bit of a Bible word, the flesh. But the flesh is the problem. And yet we have authority over it. And when we praise God, when we exalt Him, when we worship Him, when we shout, when we clap, when we dance, the flesh is put under subjection and the Spirit can break free out of our lives. Number four, the works of the enemy are destroyed. And I'm going to be as straight and as strong as I can be here. I really I don't in any way want to offend, upset or be insensitive to anybody here. But praise and worship will destroy the works of the enemy like nothing else. When we praise Him, healing can break forth. When we praise Him, deliverance can break forth. When we praise Him, the enemy can be broken off. When we praise Him, families can be restored. When we praise Him, when we praise Him, when we praise Him, God breaks through. God breaks through. God breaks through. And the works of the enemy are destroyed. What is it in your life that needs to be destroyed? Where are the strongholds of the enemy? That sickness you've been fighting for 10 years, 15 years, five minutes can be dealt with with a praise in, in truth, in spirit. The works of the enemy are destroyed. Jericho walls will fall down. This is so important. It's in my heart. It's in every fibre of Citygate Church that God is a God of victorious living. Amen. 
Now we understand the challenges. We deal with them every day. We're not saying the Christian life is a walk in the park, but it is a life of victory. It is a life of dominion and authority and overcoming all the plans of the enemy. And praise, praise brings the victory. Praise, praise, praise brings the victory. And just like we have dealt with some things, we are going to deal with some stuff today. We're going to deal, we're going to do this. If I was a doctor here today, I'm not, Dr. Melfi. But if you came to me and said, I've got this rash and I want to get rid of this rash. And, uh, and you ask me and I go, you know what? You need this cream and you need this tablet. And that cream and that tablet will deal with this rash. Go and take that. I want to see you in two weeks to make sure it's gone. Yeah, you go, fantastic. Well, I'm saying the same thing here today. Praise brings the victory. It will deal with the plans of the enemy. It will bring a breakthrough in the lives of Christians. The works of the enemy are destroyed. And the last thing here today is God's plans come to pass. When we praise God, God's kingdom forcefully advances. Stuff happens, the enemy is defeated, strongholds are brought down, the God of all glory reigns over our situations and God's will comes to pass. You want a mountain removed? Praise God, God will move the mountain you can go through. You want a valley brought up? Praise God, God will bring up the valley and you'll walk through. God's will and God's purposes and God's plans will come to pass. So today we have a garment of praise. We have a garment of praise. And we are going to praise God today. And we're going to praise God with singing. And we're going to praise God with shouting. And we're going to praise God with spinning around. Actually, one of the words for rejoice means to spin around under a violent emotion. It means to just explode. We're going to praise God with the shout. We're going to praise God with jumping. We're going to praise God with dancing. We're going to do this thing today, okay? We're going to do this thing. We're going to take our tablet. We're going to rub on the cream. We're going to believe God for strongholds pulled down. We're going to believe God for healing to break forth. We're going to believe God for provision in the house. We're going to believe God for marriages restored. We're going to believe God for children walking with God. So we're going to sing. We're going to sing right now, and we're going to sing zeal. We sang it as the first song today, but now we're going to praise God with the garments on. Look at someone, say, I'm putting on my garments. Come on, tell somebody, I'm putting on my garment of praise. Look at somebody, say, praise looks good on you. The garment looks good on you. Come on, tell them, shouting looks good on you. Clapping looks good on you. Come on, tell them, dancing looks good on you. Jumping looks good on you. Are you getting this? Come on. So we're going to rejoice right now. We're going to praise God with all our soul, with all our flesh, with all our spirit. Come on, church, let's do this.